0: 101.5 WHMP
1: and hello and thank you for joining us on this uh wet and yet in some places snowy afternoon don't hello, complain Dan. buzz don't uh, complain he's listen complaining. it's I love friday
2: this. don't start with us you know it's beautiful sure, I, it's beautiful in ashfield
1: i live in ashfield where it's snow. white, and you live in amherst where it's wet <laughs> 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 that's
2: great you're gonna have any plans for the weekend
1: I, I do. I have some yeah. nice plans for the weekend nice. and they start with a little a couple of friends are coming over for dinner tonight. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. I have uh, a soccer match, a big soccer match on Sunday, Buzz. Of course you do. God. <laughs> Brazilians are so predictable. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, Dan, I'm sure you've been uh reading the recorder. There's uh some um I guess the word is concerning uh news in this morning's recorder and uh it's it's a story uh, by Mary Byrne about um, the Wednesday night city council meeting. The headline is police, Ch- above the fold, police chief stuns council, says he's pulling overnight coverage. The sub-headline says, counselors vote no confidence in Hague, the chief, after he announces the handoff to state police blaming budget cuts. And it goes on to say that... Um, he paints this very grim picture, and that, by the way, is a language in mass live um, at the city council meeting where he told council members and residents that last year's budget cut by the council to the police department will affect overnight staffing levels in the city two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. That's when the council is getting this message that they're going to stop staffing police officers from 11 o'clock to 7 a.m. starting on February 1st. The chief said due to staffing level shortages and he goes on to say they were created last July when the fiscal year began because the council, when it was asked by some to defund the police with respect to a verdict against the police in the city and him, um, that uh, they instead decided to cut the budget by $400,000. And with us to talk about that, I'm very grateful to have two city councilors who are going to explain This very complicated sort of story. And I'm going to start first with the former mayor, um, Chris Forgey, who is now the vice president of the city council. And um, ask you can you give us just a brief, first of all, thank you for joining us, Chris.
3: You're very welcome. Happy to be here.
1: And then, if you give us just a very brief history of what led up to last night, I mean, Wednesday night's meeting.
3: Um, Yeah, as you mentioned, um, it did start with the verdict decision coming down. And uh, at that time, we were in the process of putting our 2023 budget in place. And the council voted at that time to defund, or some people are not comfortable with the word defund, uh, but do some budget cuts. $400,000 in salary line items, $25,000 in the supply line item. The reason and the thinking behind that at the time uh, was to to get some police reform pieces um, underway so that the council could be assured that uh, the management of the department uh, was in, you know, in good hands and moving along and everything else at this point. In many ways, I've tried to divorce myself from the verdict and just look at what is best for the public safety of the community and also uh, you know, what is it that we need to do to move the debate forward on uh, what comes next. You As you well know, um, the verdict has been appealed. So we are going through that process right at the moment. And uh, the frustration the other night on the council level was that we knew uh, on July 1 that the budget was going to be cut. And decisions were going to be made in accordance with that. I'm not um, telling department heads. I don't think anybody on the council is really telling department heads how to manage their budgets and what decisions to make. But I was really stunned and shocked uh, by what i heard at that council meeting which led to many questions by the councillors, uh which were great and right on and basically led to my question of you know who's in charge here where is the leadership this is not a good thing to leave the citizens of greenfield vulnerable uh during specific hours and you know, that's where we find ourselves right at this moment with a special meeting uh, that will be uh, scheduled for, um, for the council to talk about what we're going to do next. And that would be, we're waiting for the chief and the mayor to bring something forward.
1: And that would be a great place to turn to your colleague, uh, Councilwoman Marianne Bullock, who also was on the, at that Wednesday meeting. So um, uh, the vice president of the council... Chris Forgie, herself, a former mayor or the first mayor of Greenfield, she says that you were stunned. the council was stunned. Can you explain what you heard and saw on Wednesday, Marianne Bullock, and explain why that was stunning?
4: Yeah, so we were um we were aware that we were going to receive a mid year report that was announced ahead of our meeting as part of our agenda um some, during the committee chairs meeting, we uh, other counselors had requested information uh, ahead, of, ahead of this presentation. We were just told this was a mid year report. Um, previously, you know, there had been conversation when the police chief was reinstated and when um, another officer who was also a part of the suit who's back on the force was reinstated of how they were going to work together. So the idea had been they're going to come together give this presentation on the mid-year report and show us that the police department is running smoothly. Um, what, you know, I, we were told ahead of time they'd received a grant from the department of justice, uh, regarding hiring. And so I had asked specifically for information for that grant, which we did not receive, um, completed information until the day before our meeting at, uh, about three thirty in the afternoon. In when when was
1: it known by the mayor or the police chief about the grant?
4: When known that the grant that they received the grant? Yes, uh, I believe the award letter was in October, and uh, the mayor signed off on receiving the grant. I believe it was November sixteenth, and so That's we correct. just found out about the grant. Um, I had met with Lieutenant Dodge last last month, and he notified me that this was coming. Uh, I had asked for the application to read ahead of time, and that's what we did not receive until the day before the council meeting uh, at 3.30, and it was a 40-page application. And so um, I think what was stunning about it was that I would assume that if there is a public safety, a significant public safety issue, such as, um, you know, not having night force in in our city, that that would warrant one, a fiscal order, if that's what's necessary to solve the problem, or an emergency meeting of the public safety commission, the body that supports the police um, or an emergency meeting of the city council where options could be explored before this cut is imminent. Um, And so that was what was shocking was that there hadn't been, it just seemed there was not appropriate planning in place. I can't see how a department head in a leadership position would come to the council floor with this as the only option. Uh, And I've since actually received a couple emails in the past 48 hours from other police departments or family members of police departments saying, here's options to explore. How about this? And I'm like, thank you so much for your email. This is really helpful since I'm, Not in, you know, I'm not in policing. This is different language for me. um, Right. So so just
1: to quote the chief, Robert Hague, uh, what he said on Wednesday, as reported in in the recorder, he said, quote, for the community, for the businesses, for the people on the street walking around after midnight. You can still call 911, but we're going to transfer that call. And then it's going to be determined how to be handled by the state police. Um, and then he turned to you. Apparently, it's reported, and said, "It's not personal. It's just the way it is." Um, so that there won't be any officers on the street from Greenfield Police Department between eleven o'clock um, until seven a.m. Um, a little the vestibule at the vestibule at the police station will be open in case somebody is there for the need of immediate safety, such as a domestic violence situation. And um, then you, Marianne, you said. I'm concerned that we have a leader in the department who's coming before us two weeks before eliminating the night shift and that this hasn't been brought before anyone. Um, this, there was an Emergency Public Safety Commission meeting called. I'm wondering and I'm quite concerned just how are these decisions being made? What When when you said that, Marianne, um, your, your concern was that they had since July to tell you that this was going to result in a, such a staffing shortage that midnight to seven couldn't be covered in Greenfield? Is that that what you were feeling?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And if they were reaching, you know, a, a sort of breaking point in their budget, that's something that should have been forecasted and told us with enough time to solve a problem. It feels punitive when they bring it in front of us and say, oh, well, you cut our budget, so in two weeks this is happening. Well, no, like you're a department head. And so your job is to plan for the budget that you have. And if you have a significant issue, your job is to bring it to your supervisor, who's actually the mayor. It's not us. Like, this is not our, we're out of scope. I think um, at this point in time, it's not our job to be doing this level of uh, intervening into a department. But the mayor knew that this was the choice that was made by the, by, um, the chief, and she backed it.
1: Um, let me ask you this, Chris Forgey Actually, I have two questions for you. The first is, uh, will the state police provide the same level of protection in the midnight shift as the Greenfield Police Department has been, if you know?
3: Uh, as it stands right now, we were told at the meeting that they would not. They, what, what our complement of people are— on the third shift, what people refer to as the as the midnight shift, the state police were not able to cover Greenfield in the same way. They would be there for emergency calls only and that would be life and death situations.
1: Is this from the Shelburne Falls barracks or from the Northampton
3: Barracks? From Shelburne Falls, that's correct.
1: Yeah. That's a drive, right?
3: It is a drive and you know you have to understand that they have staffing um, that You know, they have to accommodate their needs uh, at this particular time. Greenfield can accommodate our police, and we can do it in a way that makes sense. But the the shock, the stun, was basically, who's making these decisions and how are they made? And, um, you know, Chief took responsibility and said, I made this decision, and then my question to the mayor was, well, what's your decision? How do you think about it? And the response was, well, I don't like it, but uh, I guess it's the way it has to be, or something to that effect. I don't want to be uh, quoted verbatim.
5: No,
1: but as as a former mayor, um, what do you think she should have done that she did not do?
3: I understand that everybody's got their own management style. Uh, my, my style is was is and still can be pretty strident i think that because the people elect the mayor that the mayor is responsible ultimately for all decisions that happen within her department and if it's a decision that she's not happy with then my opinion is she needs to instruct her department heads to come up with other solutions and do it sooner rather than later This is not uh, we did. You know, people are. We got the budget cut. You know when it's going to. You can make a decision to fully fund half the year, but then what are you going to do with the other half of the year? Why weren't we talking about that at the time Mm. throughout that year? Why were we running the clock out without any meetings? My my thing would have been you you as the strong mayor. You say this is what we need. This is not acceptable, and you move forward from there. So that's my management style, and we differ.
1: We are going to take a break. We are speaking with Councilwomen uh, Christine Forgy and Marianne Bullock from Greenfield explaining the council's um, view from the vista that they were sitting at on Wednesday night when the police chief came and told them that there will no longer be night shift patrols in Greenfield it's going to be delegated to the state police to handle. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask Marianne Bullock. She had expressed, at least I read that she expressed, some suggestions about um, what should be done in lieu of just a straight cut. What can that $400,000 be used for other than just part of the police budget? We're going to be back with these counselors right after these messages. Stay with us.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. One o one five, WHFT. To play this game, you've got to be as sharp as a blade, as quick as a one-timer, as tough as plexiglass. Oh, and having a solid dental plan, that's probably a good idea, too. Not my teeth, not. Hit the ice all season long, right here on the UMass Sports Network. 101.5, 1400, and 1240, WHMP. Do you know what's going on in business in Western Mass? You do if you read Business West. Find out which companies are growing, which companies are innovating. Learn about people on the move, people taking the lead. Every issue of Business West is packed with business news, including incorporations, corporations, building permits, real estate transactions, and bankruptcies. Pick up a copy or read Business West online. The vital business news is in Business West, the business journal of Western Mass.
4: Co-op.
2: You spend seven or eight hours a night together and you're supposed to decide if you're right for each other in a matter of minutes? This has never made sense to me. So when you're in my store trying to decide which mattress is right for you, at some point I think you and I just need to stop talking. I need to leave you alone, give you plenty of time to lay down and maybe even forget you're in a furniture store. Hi, it's Robin, Robin from Talon. Think about it seven or eight hours, night after night? And what do you really know about mattresses? I don't mean to make it daunting or complicated. I just think you need two things, information and time. If I give you as much information as you want and as much time as you need, I think you'll settle on a mattress you'll be happy with. At least that's the way it seems to go for most people. Talon Furniture, the small, unhurried furniture and mattress store just down the hill from Amherst College. This week's Shop Tuesday is Simple Gifts Farm Store. This Tuesday at 9 a.m., Simple Gifts Farm releases gift certificates for their farm store in North Amherst. Get organic produce, pasture-raised meat, free-range eggs, local dairy, and more at Simple Gifts Farm Store. And this Tuesday, you save 30%. Simple Gifts Farm Store in North Amherst, available this Shop Tuesday at 9 a.m. on the Shop 30 store at whmp.com.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
1: And that sound that you hear is not an earthquake up north. It is what's going on in Greenfield with respect to the police department and that city council meeting on Wednesday night, which um, by two councilors' accounts here before the break, it was a stunning um, exhibition of loading information in a very short time that could have been shared over a lengthy period of time. Joining us for this conversation with Christine Forgy and with Marianne Bullock is uh, my colleague here at WHMP from the Bill Newman Show. Bill Newman, you wanted to ask a question. To either of the counselors,
0: I'd like to know this. If you came up with the $400,000
1: last night and said, here's the $400,000 back, would there still be, would there be a night shift or no?
3: Um, Um, I'll I'll take uh, I'll I'll give my opinion if I may Um,
1: and this is Christine Forgi
3: yes it is and um, this is uh, relevant to what um, Marianne said they are down six people Um, usually when you have layoffs uh, you have to cut personnel but this was basically all by attrition and this was over a six month period of time that all of these cuts happened, with the exception of one that we just heard about that happens today. So, my, I'm. You can say that I'm a bit suspect about the restoration of 400,000 funds being the answer to the 400,000 dollars in funds being the answer to the problem. I want to go back to the six months where nothing really happened, where there were certain um signs that we were going to uh be down that we had to be down by some positions and there was no planning done in those six months to alleviate this so restoring four hundred thousand dollars at this particular point is not something that uh i would be willing to do right now and i don't think there's a. Uh, I think the temper of uh, the temperature of the council uh, is that, that that would not happen at this particular point.
1: You know, I wanted to ask Marianne, I'm, I think we're going to run out of time, and it's really a shame because this is an important conversation. I wanted to ask Marianne about uh, community care type of alternative like CRESS is doing and like Northampton's Division of Community Care bifurcating the types of cases police and mental health professionals, et cetera, respond to. And I don't know if we'll have time to do that, but I think we have to talk about the votes of no confidence. There was a vote of no confidence taken in the wake of, uh, chief Robert Higgs and mayor Roxanne Wiedergartner's, um presentation to the council on Wednesday. The council voted seven to six, a vote of no confidence in the police chief and five to eight, a vote of no confidence for the mayor failed. So, Let's start with you, Marianne. Could you explain what you were thinking, how you voted and why?
4: Um, yeah, so this is actually, this motion's been on our agenda for some months now and it's either sat on the table and not been voted on or, uh, I don't, I can't remember if it's been brought to discussion, but, you know, this sort of felt like the breaking point to me. I, um I came up with the $420,000 number, and that was my motion that passed to cut um, after there was many other numbers that were thrown out on the floor, and I tried to move some of the other, you know, public safety um, ideas forward between that cut in May and now, and for many reasons, those things have shifted over time, but it felt like a breaking point, and so um, I did split this initial motion was together. I split it uh, because I just had differing views on uh, both of the both of the votes of no confidence being together. And at this point, for me, the vote of no confidence was really just about leadership, like that a leader would come before me become before 13 other professionals. And however many community members on live TV and not have a, pre- a prepared proposal, a prepared agenda, be able, like, have collateral materials to show with numbers. I couldn't even get what the total cost of this grant was going to be for us if we hire three new officers over four Must years. Must have been like, quite frustrating. Uh,
1: and and yeah. you, Chris, could you explain your vote on these votes of no confidence in, in about a minute?
3: Uh, I can. I uh, did not vote uh, positively for, uh, for the votes of no confidence. So, it was a resolution uh resolutions are great in my opinion if it's uh, you're supporting something uh like uh, arbor day or you know uh opening of the library or whatever it is you want to do but the resolutions have no teeth and a lot of times i think resolutions and this one in particular just pits one person against another and it causes a lot of conf- uh you know conflict controversy greenfield needs sound um, you know, moving forward, let's just get on with solving the problem. Even if you have to hold your nose, let's solve the problem to make sure the Greenfield citizens are safe. So one more so, time,
1: there's a special uh, a special meeting that's coming up. When is it, and how can people join it? By
3: my, my understanding of it, is that it's in the works. It will happen either, and I'm not sure about this because I looked to see if it was posted today. It'll either be next Wednesday or the 1st of February. Uh, it will be special meeting called by the council president. Um, it will not have any public comment at it at all. There will be no motions taken at all. It will be a presentation by the mayor and the chief to tell us what the solution is that they've come up with to go ahead and fund the gap and keep the police 24-7 on the streets of Greenfield.
1: Well, as she does monthly, the mayor will be on my show on Wednesday, the 27th. She'll be on the Bill Newman show on Monday morning. It's M- Mayor's Monday, and in the sequence of mayors that appear, it happens at Roxanne will be there, and um, we'll be able to talk more about her. And I suspect I'll be inviting you to back on the show because the story is going to keep developing. So.
3: Every- <laughs> It is. It's been
1: a pleasure. I thank you so much. No, I thank you. Thank both of you. So um, good luck. Uh, You got your job cut out for you up (laughs) there. (laughs) Okay. Have a great evening, ladies. You You
3: too. Thank you so
1: much. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be with Jeff Napolitano, and this week's Social Justice Messaging. We'll be right back.
6: No stop For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. The Northampton City Council voted yes on putting a limit on the number of retail cannabis dispensaries in the city. The proposed cap is set at 12 dispensaries. The city currently has 11 open to the public. Supporters of the ordinance cited the oversaturation of the cannabis industry within the city, as well as the possible health effects on local youth. Opponents said it does help the city's economic business status. The ordinance now goes to the mayor who can sign it or veto it and send it back to the city council. Governor Maura Healy says it's critical that people of the Berkshires and Western Mass know they have a partner. Healy was in Western Mass yesterday with stops in North Adams at Ludlow. The governor announced a 2023 immediate need bond bill seeking $987 million to ensure critical housing and economic development programs across the state. Healy also announced a bill that would authorize the state to borrow an additional $400 million to fund roads and bridges. The Hilltown Land Trust now officially owns 20 acres of forest along the west branch of the Mill River in Williamsburg. The land will be officially conserved as forever wild following a lengthy lawsuit. Sally Loomis, executive director of Hilltown Land Trust, tells the Gazette the land came under their ownership as part of a $1.14 million settlement between Dynamic Energy Solutions, a Pennsylvania solar company, and the state attorney general's office after a lawsuit alleging the company had polluted the area with sediment, and violated federal stormwater requirements.
0: Occasional light snow continues this afternoon, a high of 34 to 38. Evening flurries, maybe a light snow shower. All told, accumulations of a coating to a couple of inches in the greater Northampton area, but up to six inches of snow possible in Franklin County. Mostly cloudy on Saturday, a high of 34 to 38. Mostly cloudy, the chance for a late-day rain-snow mix on Sunday. 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP.
7: Hey, it's Jason with the Weather Channel and SnowCountry.com. The Capital One Quicksilver Card. Earn 1.5% cash back on every purchase. What's in your wallet? Details at CapitalOne.com. Well, plenty of cruisers, steeps, easy runs, and terrain parks are open to enjoy as most snowmaking trails are open and the snow covers nice and strong thanks to all the snowmaking we've had the past couple of weeks. And we get a fresh snowstorm to top it all off just in time for the weekend. At Berkshire East, two dozen runs heading on into the weekend with night skiing Friday and Saturday till 9. Ski Butternuts got over three-quarters of their trails now, nearly two dozen at Catamounts, about half of theirs. At Wachusett, two dozen runs skiing till 9.30 every night of the week stratton's got action on over half of their trails now and a baker's dozen at burke
5: ski and ride like a beast at vermont's biggest icon pass destination this winter killington resort is home to the longest season in the east and the all-new k-1 lodge plan a visit today at killington.com
7: check out more at snowcountry.com i'm jason dean
6: hey everyone it's tina marie co-pilot of the cambridge connection i'm also a certified credit counselor For 25 years, I've been helping people have a better relationship with money while getting out of debt. Every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. right here on WHMP, join me, Gordon, and our variety of amazing experts who stop by to offer great advice navigating the daily financial maze of life.
0: This week, join Ron Foisy, coach at yourcollegefundingcoach.com.
7: Hi, this is Dr. Jenny Garber, former college athlete and now arthroscopic and shoulder surgeon at New England Orthopedic Surgeons. I'm proud to be one of the board certified team of doctors who's ready to tackle any orthopedic or sports injury from shoulders and elbows to knees and ankles and everything in between. With convenient locations in Springfield, East Longmeadow and Northampton, you can trust we'll give you the best bona fide care. So visit anyortho.com to schedule your appointment today because at New England Orthopedic Surgeons, we help get you back in the game.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
1: And welcome back, and thanks for joining us. And it is Friday, and it's time for Jeff Napolitano's and some good work we can hear about.
8: Yes, um, we have in the studio a local elected leader. Rachel Mayori is here with us. Uh, Welcome, Rachel. Uh, We're going to talk about the very exciting, the so exciting and thrilling city council meeting yesterday in which there was a, there was a, there was actually a really contested vote about, uh, the limit, um, the prospect of a limit on cannabis shops in Northampton. Um, Northampton being the city with the highest per capita number of, uh, cannabis shops in Massachusetts. I think we're, we're way beyond Boston in terms of per capita, um, shops. Um, but first, before we get to that, I wanted to just point out something because last time um, we had uh, two weeks ago uh, epidemi- epidemiologist on to talk about COVID, and and one thing that I just thought was just the 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 the, the, the what's it called the the not the, uh, the, the 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 thing on top of the cake, the cherry on the on the Sunday was the um, at Davos, the you know the Economic World Forum. This is where all the prime ministers and all the presidents and all of these big people and smart people and so forth congregate and so many of them have been telling us about how COVID is not this big, not a big deal. It's just a cold and blah, 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 blah. Well, the term, the the hashtag uh, Davos Safe has been trending on Twitter and it's because people have been publicizing the precautions that are being taken at this gathering in the Swiss Alps, you know, with all of the the rich and powerful in, in the world. And what's interesting is that no matter who you are, even if you're the president of France, you have to have a negative PCR in order to enter any building, any f- facility at Davos. Um, there are HEPA filters in every single room. There are um, they've installed new ventilation in uh, many of the rooms there, and they have um, the far UVC, um, the UV cleaning lights um, in many of the rooms. Uh, and they have masks at some events, and they also have like rapid tests on demand, and they have a hotline in case anybody shows any symptoms of COVID. And so this is this is sort of uh, an example that people are bringing up uh, uh, to contrast what you know wealthy people and the people of means in the world are doing in regard to COVID and what they've left the rest of us to do. Um, so I thought that was that was interesting. Um, I um, bringing us back to sort of the much less. Um, mighty and powerful and prestigious uh, town of Northampton, um, where we had a very contentious uh, topic at the um, city uh, at the city council chambers yesterday, um, and so I'm going to turn now to Rachel Councillor um to uh, maybe uh, for those who haven't uh, read the, the the Gazette today the the story and, and how you voted uh, at the city council on the subject of um, capping the number of cannabis shops here in
9: town. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a night. You know, we have a pretty agreeable council. We like each other a lot. So it's, uh, you know, it's ca- actually rather unusual when we have major disagreements. And um, I actually think it shows a kind of, you know, it's dynamic. And I think it shows uh, that we're, we're thinking about things. We're not just rubber stamping uh, everything that comes through so I think it's good when we disagree and we, we generally disagree very uh, respectfully but this has been uh, this has been contentious uh, this is you know in the community as well it's it's a complex issue there's so much to learn about uh, the, you know the, the cannabis industry and the regulations it's been a it's been a journey so we, last night was um, yeah last night was a vote on whether to pass an ordinance that will cap uh, retail, cannabis retail in Northampton at 12, grandfathering in Uh any host community agreement that's signed. We Uh have 14 signed and leaving a very important exemption for social equity candidates.
8: Yeah. And I thought that that was actually the biggest or at least the most overlooked aspect of this whole debate. There's been in the Gazette, there have been like competing op-eds, I think, um, you had signed on to an op-ed with um, Councillor Foster, I think Councillor Labarge, if I'm correct, and, um, and then there was another one with um, Councillor Bidwell and I think Councillor Nash as well, up uh, sort of opposed to a cap. Um, but when I was reading the story in the Gazette, um, and before I actually spoke to you about this, uh, the thing that sort of st- stood out to me is that, well, it's not actually a cap at 12 because if you are uh, an entity... Um, that has the that fulfills the social equity clause. You can actually open up a gazillion uh, cannabis um, retail shops in Northampton. And could you speak about about that that clause that I think didn't get enough attention?
9: Yeah, I agree. I think you know because it's complicated. We're kind of doing two things in this ordinance, and really, I mean, the whole thing about where we are now with cannabis in Northampton is you know, let's just name it. It's pretty late. It's pretty late to be thinking about social equity. It's it's pretty late to be thinking about what's so, you know, how many stores we want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a, do we let, you know, perfect be the enemy of the good thing? We felt like we needed to address it and have those important conversations. So, you know, I, I do have a public health background. I think the, the data is compelling about the correlation between density and uh Youth uh, use mm-hmm. of cannabis, but my passion—when when, why I got involved was to uh, to to write the social equity piece because, mm-hmm. so you know, I feel like we've been having a conversation about cannabis for years and not really addressing uh, social equity, and that's a real community value here. I don't think that you know it's not. I think that the the block for social equity has really been the hyper regulation on the state level mm. and the astronomical cost of entry and because it's illegal on the federal level there's no business loans you've got to have you know cash in hand
8: you've, you've got to be a, a, an established you know entity with lots of capital in order to get to get started in the cannabis industry essentially in Massachusetts yeah yeah, yeah.
9: so uh, and the other thing is when I, I first you know when I heard um, counselors talking about capping I was like you know we have um, this social equity trust fund, just getting getting off the ground at the state level. And wouldn't that be a shame if we just shut, shut down our doors the minute there's a possibility of getting more social equity candidates. We have one social equity business owner out of 14 side signed host community agreements here. So I just couldn't, you know, I wouldn't have supported this without that because I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it a, is it a cost-benefit analysis? Yes, we'll have more shops, and there we've talked about that there might be some, there's negative effects to that, but I think it's worth it.
1: Rachel, I'm wondering whether um, the, the, the counselor's opinions are based on what they project their constituents in their wards want, or... Is it their moral rudder or their uh, social view that's driving their opinions?
9: Well, you know, that's a, that's an excellent question, and I can't speak for other counselors. For me, it's definitely a, a combination. I don't think I... To be honest, I don't know if I would have pursued this if my constituents didn't want to have those conversations. So for me, I'm not sure it, it would define my vote, but I thought we needed to get it to council. There was that much, you know... Uh, of a push for my constituents to have transparent conversations in council.
1: it's just interesting to me Jeff. I, I i tend to hang out with progressive people when you, we have really right really, really? I, I, I would never a have a shock and when we're sitting around a dinner table and having this conversation the opinions range all over the place mm-hmm.
9: yeah it's not a left right thing yes it's it that it is very interesting about that and uh there was a I will also name there was a little bit of a gender thing I, I noticed. Uh, a lot of the public health professionals t- tend to be women. Uh and so yeah, I just noticed there was a little bit of a uh you know I did have some uh you know women contact me to say they were opposed to a cap but by and large it was more split down gender lines.
1: Well, we men love the munchies. <laughs> <laughs> I
8: I have yeah. I have no comment on that. Um Okay, um, we will be right back. We're going to take a, a break, and then we've got more to talk about with City Councilor Rachel Maori. Right
0: this is the she Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHFP.
1: If it's Monday, it must be Mayor's Monday on WHMP. And on this Mayor's Monday, we'll be speaking with the Mayor of Greenfield, Roxanne Wiedegardner, about policing, and in particular, the state police taking over some of Greenfield's police's duties. That will be Monday at 9 o'clock.
5: Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9. And again at 5. WHMP, news, information, and the arts.
2: Looking for the perfect place to watch the game? Hi, I'm Caleb Hiliadis, head brewer of Amherst Brewing. Make the Hangar Pub & Grill your go-to spot to catch all the action this season. Our famous wings come with your choice of 26 flavors, and with 25 years of beer-making experience, there's an Amherst Brewing beer for every drinker. Now that's a winning combo. Join us for weekly trivia nights at Amherst, Westfield, Agawam, South Hadley, and Greenfield. Visit hangarpub.com for more of what we have cooking and brewing today.
6: Comedy as a Weapon presents Comedy for Cause, the Teacher's Night Out edition, Saturday, January 21st at the Academy of Music in Northampton. Join comedians like Timothy Lovett, Kim DeShields, Maya Mannion, and nationally recognized star Hank Denson. Denson is open for comedy superstars like Jamie Foxx, Cedric the Entertainer, Amy Schumer, and Rodney Perry. Comedy Cause for the Teacher's Night Out edition at the Academy of Music in Northampton. Doors open at 7.30 p.m. Tickets cost $25 and will benefit the Literacy Project. Visit ComedyWeapon.com for more information.
5: Fill in the blanks. H-A-M-B blank R-G-E-R. You get it? How about B blank T-T-E-R L blank N-C-H. I don't have a hard time filling in the blanks. You? If you need to fill in the blanks on your grocery list, hop into State Street Fruit Store Deli Wines and Spirits right in downtown Northampton. Swing into their big free parking lot between classes before pickup after drop off and fill in the blanks on your grocery list or pick up a quick stroller sandwich for lunch for you or your kids or heck you could do all of your grocery shopping there no blanks left on the list and did i mention that they're called state street fruit store deli wines and spirits you could also pick up some liq blank or you can fill in all the blanks on your grocery list at state street fruit store deli wines and spirits on state street downtown northampton
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
1: And welcome back. Jeff Napolitano, we're talking about good work here, and we're talking about how many pot shops Northampton should have. Right. Um, So
8: how many pot shops should we have here? (laughs) Counselor Rachel Mayor. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So one question that I did have um, is that (laughs) <laughs> and this is a very odd statement that will that people probably aren't used to coming from me but uh hasn't the market in Northampton actually already addressed this issue because um I like I, I you know I don't get out a lot but you know when I drive by different parts of Northampton I, I'm always shocked that there's like a new pot shot that I had never heard of and um, and it seems like the 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 market of sustaining you know 12 and now we're down to 11 like that that's actually, that's actually what it seems to naturally the, the market rests at here in our little city of, you know, 30, whatever thousand people. Um, so I, I mean, I get, I can understand the question like, well, is the, is the ordinance n- even necessary in this respect? But what, what, what do you think about, or have you in- encountered that question?
9: Yeah, no, that was my first reaction too. And, mm-hmm. uh, what, I, what I've seen is the t- first time they had this conversation in council they were doing the same thing. Well, I'm sure we won't get more four than five or five. And it's such a new industry. I want to be humble enough to say, you know, we we don't really know. I mean, there's yes, is it logical, you know, is it logical to come and and open a business right now in Northampton, if you know cannabis business? I don't know. But you know what, businesses are run by humans and so we can we can kind of try to guess, but it feels to be very honest, it feels passive to me. It feels like, you know, I've had this debate, uh, Bill Dwight and I have this uh, debate too, you know, about the free market and how much, what's Mm -hmm. an overreach, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. I feel like, you know, the free market is not an elected representative, and we actually have a responsibility to be in the driver's seat. And I will also name that there is a political reason, which is, uh, you know, the community kind of wants to know where we're going. Mm -hmm. and. Sure. And so I think it, it does have the political goal of you know of kind of, of framing it for people and instead of saying, I'm sure it'll be fine, mm-hmm. even if it isn't as impactful as it could be.
8: So the, the qualification for uh, a, uh, somebody who is fulfilling the social equity clause of opening a cannabis retail shop, uh, can you tell us a little bit of what that entails and what that looks like?
9: Yeah, I mean, it's that that process is really new. It, it's based on the state level, so it's the state the state's definition of social equity candidates, which is that any you know anyone from a community that's been disproportionately hurt by the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, people with records and uh, mm-hmm. pe- folks of color. So we're going with their definition, and you know, they have this trust fund to kind of support. Um, you know, the social equity, mm-hmm. poten- you know, potential business owners. So that's the process mm-hmm. that they'll, yeah, that they'll, uh, they'll, they'll meet those qualifications and then they can, they can come and uh, open a business here. Right. Yeah. right. yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not perfect because as we know, it's not, it, we, as you said, it's, yeah. is this a great market? You know, so, right. Again, I had, uh, that gave me pause too. Do we want to set up, you know, social equity candidates to fail in Northampton? Yeah. But I, I think, you know, I think they're going to be getting a leg up with. And um, the the cannabis commission is reviewing all sorts of their regulations, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping it'll be easier for business owners. Actually, mm-hmm. um, hope in the coming years, it'll be more strong.
8: So on the um, on the 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 side of folks who are just, you know, politicos here in Northampton, do we do we think or do we have we heard about the mayor? vetoing this mm. this ordinance this vote that uh, took place yesterday
9: that's her right uh that's her right um it was an interesting vote because we had six in favor of the ordinance which, which is, is a super a, majority yeah, exactly so yeah, that's okay. enough to override a video uh, a, a veto of five would have passed it but left left it open so uh, she she could to make a point or mm-hmm. to to see if she can sway a counselor. So I I really don't know which way that will go. And I also just want to make a clarification um, that this is only cannabis retail. This does not influence um, the coming consumption cafes or delivery. So oh, okay. I think we're going to be okay with access to pot here in Northampton. Okay. Anyone's well, I'm, concerned?
8: I'm definitely out of the loop. So are, are we going to have? hot cafes in Northampton at some point is, is that, I believe
9: that's the future. I mean, that the door is being opened for that. And I guess that's going to be another really interesting community conversation. I can (laughs)
1: smell it coming just walking (laughs) down the sidewalk. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Okay. You know, I I had a friend, we had this conversation over at dinner one night and a friend reminded me of a story that I once told, which is uh, my law office used to be on the fourth floor, 278 main street, looking out at Sullivan drug store. It was a little drugstore. We had seven of them there in the early '80s, and and in the '80s until a CVS moved in on Federal Street, and then a Walgreens moved in, mm-hmm. and then, and I, I just and this friend was saying, there's going to be a time when those big pharmacies are going to be able to sell marijuana, and all these pot shops are going anyway, mm-hmm. because that's where the power is, that's where the money is, and you'll hear C S V. Oops, I'm stoned. Sorry, C V S. Anyway, yeah. I thought that that was not a bad prognostication.
9: Yeah, I agree. The more I learned about it, the more, frankly, depressing it is, you know, the the way it's gone. And there's been some argument that, I, that I'd i never heard this argument, but it's an interesting one, that maybe we should have had more time decriminalizing before we legalized to slow it down, the growth, and get a handle on, uh, you know, where we want to go with businesses and monopolies. <laughs> because, yeah, big tobaccos, you know, big tobacco, Mar- I think it's Marlboro's buying up all of, you know, Canadian cannabis right now, it's yeah, it's disheartening to me, that part. Yeah. yeah.
8: All right. Well, uh, you're sort of pulling double duty here because um, the the other uh, big event or an, a, a big event that's happening this weekend is going to be this Sunday, um, and it is the bigger than Roe um, uh, one of uh, uh, event that's happening a bigger than row rally that's happening in Northampton, but it's not just happening in Northampton; it's happening all across the country and. That's going to be at City Hall, Northampton, uh, as, as well as many other places, at one o'clock on Sunday. And you happen to be a speaker for that event. And I'm just wondering right. if you can—I um, uh, believe Representative McGovern is going to be there as well. And can you just speak to the importance or the the background for this particular event?
9: Right. So you might know that this would have been the 50th anniversary of Roe, and so uh, you know, in a way, staying home. Because Roe was overturned is the worst thing we can do right now. Sure. We really need to show up, uh, if nothing else, just to be with each other because it's it's hard out there and it's a, a dire situation. And um, but I so I think coming together, showing our power, and um, coming up with some action items. I've been thinking of an action item. I think we can all start doing. Let's stop using the word, uh, the phrase pro life. It's I see oh, it in sure. the papers, yeah. and then we took on that jargon. And it's so simple. Let's just say anti-choice or pro-criminalization or forced birth. But let's just all I, I hear you know progressives doing it too. Let's tr- let's slow it down and start. That's just a simple thing, but language matters. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of action items to share uh, Sunday 1 p.m. City Hall, Northampton. Mm-hmm.
8: Um, do you know about the other speakers that are attending the event? Yeah, there's. Yeah. Let,
9: let's see. There's. I know Rep. Sabados is going to be there. Uh-huh, right. The grannies will be raging. The uh, grannies <laughs> will be raging. Yeah. 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 And uh, as you said, R- Rep. McGovern. Mm-hmm. Um and, Yeah. And you know this uh, uh, a young a young person organizes a high school age fo- uh, person, uh, Alice Jenkins, and uh-huh. indiv- with indivisible. So I really want to also support. I always love. When young young people are get into activism, so let's let's our show our support. Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. So that's Sunday. That's um, at one o'clock, City Hall in Northampton. Um, if I can actually just take one second to plug a not a personal cause of mine, but I, I walked into the studio here and I saw this week's Business West, uh, and it's um, it's a copy of the the issue of the the. the this magazine, um, with a familiar face on it. It, The headline is, Yes, They Can, and it's about women talking about getting into the trades. And so this is actually the job that I do, um, my day job at UMass, which is helping to get uh, women and folks of color in the Pioneer Valley into the building trades. And it just so happens that the woman who's standing in the middle is Jess there, and Jess was in my class just last year in 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 this and the classes that we have and training women to get into and helping women get into the building trades. And she actually gave a shout out to our program and said, um, it was great to get a foundation in all of the building trades and getting into the trades through Community Works, she explained. They're the ones that helped me find Wayne Griffin Electrical and blah, 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 blah. And so yeah, Community Works is my program and there's a little bit of a self-plug, um, but it is really cool to see um, Jess and other women um, in particularly in the valley, but you know all across, getting more and more into construction, and I can no, say I a lot more of this later. But but yeah, no, it sounds
1: like your program is another good work.
8: Yeah. Yeah. By Jeff Napolitano. So, yeah, that is um, that
1: is our second. Th- th- thank you so much. Uh, thank you very much for having Councilor me, Councillor Maori. For well, no, I for just want I wanted to ask you, Rachel, yeah. what's what's the last takeaway you want to leave our listeners with about this pot shop
9: issue? About the pot shop. Yeah. You know, this is a community conversation, and this is a new industry, and I think we're we're going to have to keep uh, having the conversation, especially as we add possibly consumption cafes. So this is not, this is not the the final uh, act that's going to you know our conversation is going to have to happen.
1: Great place to leave it. Yeah. Let's keep conversing. So that's it. I want everybody to have a great weekend. I know I'm looking forward to hours where it's white in Ashfield and wet in Northampton, mm-hmm. um, but really. Have a great weekend. We'll be talking with you on Monday.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMT. Sunday mornings on WHMP means polka, polka carousel. Every Sunday morning from 8 till noon, TZ brings his award winning polka carousel to the airwaves of the valley, playing the polka classics and the latest polka hits. There are polka hits.
5: Brought to you by Saluzniak Funeral Home, Northampton's funeral home for over 110 years and four generations of unparalleled, thoughtful memorial care.
0: It's polka carousel, every Sunday morning from 8 till noon, WHMP.
5: Grow Food, Northampton.
0: Live and local news and talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. Northampton Radio Group Station.